This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Idea to Life podcast. This is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell. I'm Vicky Weinberg, a product creation coach and Amazon expert. Every week I share friendly, practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses. Let's get started. Hello, today I'm speaking with Millie Jaspert from Sparkbubble. Sparkbubble is an online store selling bath toys for children aged 2 to 9 years old. Millie has developed some of the toys herself and others of a curated collection created by other brands. Millie is also a primary school teacher so she chose open-ended toys and she gives suggestions for ways children can explore and learn with them. I had a really fascinating conversation with Millie. As I mentioned there were two aspects to her business though she has some products that she has created herself as as well as ones that she creates some other businesses so this made for a really interesting conversation and I would love now to introduce you to Millie. Hi Millie thank you so much for being here. Oh thank you for having me it's great I can't wait to speak to you. So can we start by you please give an introduction to yourself your business and what you sell? Certainly so um, my name's Millie Jaspert um, and my business is called Spark Bubble. And it's uh, an online store that sells bath toys, particularly for not kind of babies, slightly older than that, for kind of two-year-olds up to nine-year-olds. And looking, I'm a teacher, I still teach three days a week, and it's kind of looking for interesting bath toys that can help children explore and learn whilst they play with them. Oh, that's really interesting. Thank you. Because yeah, I have a six-year-old and I feel that it's, it's a funny age because they still want to play in the bath, but most of the bath toys on the market are for much younger children. Yeah, exactly. That, that was completely what made me start it in the beginning, that I had children of my own and I just struggled to find the kind of things I was looking for because I, I, I certainly, my boys, and it sounds like yours as well, um, your, your child, you know, aged sort of four, you know, up to about 10, they still want to have baths and play. But there's really, I found that it was really tricky to find things that, that they'd enjoy and particularly they enjoy night after night. So that was really what, what got me thinking, like there genuinely seems to be a gap here. And you know, why, why not start to fill it? See, see what I can do to, to produce toys that children would like to play with. Yeah, I think so. I, I have two children as well, but my, my eldest was um, sort of grew out of the bath toy thing quite early, I think, okay. liked having showers. Um, yeah. But my youngest now, almost seven, yeah, still does like to play in the bath, but we, we do struggle actually and also what we usually end up playing with are things that aren't conventional bath toys but are just plastic toys that can go in the bath exactly so that's great sometimes it is quite nice to have some that are like perfectly suited to play with in the bath so yeah that was all kind of part of my thinking to kind of cater for those children who you know do want something a bit more challenging and interesting to play with when they're a bit older 
So I know that some of the products that you sell, you've curated from other places and some you've designed yourself. So let's maybe start with um, the products on your site that weren't created by you. Um, And can we talk a little bit about sort of the process of how you went about finding them, selecting them? And then I guess it's also a bit involved in, you know, getting approval to to resell them. Could you mind talking us through how that works, please? Certainly. Yeah. Kind of chronologically, that actually came later. For some reason, I sort of jumped in the deep end, started developing my own first, which we're going to talk about in a bit. But then I realised that are actually a lot of other really great bath toys are quite hard to source almost but for, for as a consumer when you're looking they're quite hard to find they're not so readily available in toy shops and really what kind of led me to this was just about a year ago I went to um, the the toy show in Kensington Olympia which is you know four toy shops to go to and I just went for kind of market research really to just go and have a look and see what other brands were doing and that's when I discovered actually there are some really interesting um, products being sold by, by different brands that um that, 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 that are quite tricky for people to get hold of. Well, not really, but you know, they, they don't jump out at you. You know, if you if you know about them, then you can find them, obviously, but you, they, they don't, they're not really apparent to you as a parent that this is available. So for example, as a brand, um, Learning Resources that um, sells products for schools, but they're lovely, they've you know, got a lot going for them, these toys are really robust, uh, but there's a lot of play value in them. And they do sell directly to consumer, so they're a great brand to stock that you don't have to like 20 of them. You know, you can, as a parent, you can just buy, buy one directly from us and, and lots of others. I found several others there and that got me thinking. And then I contacted lots of other brands and had got samples and had a look and was really pleasantly surprised by what options there were. I think you're right in that. So learning resources I've obviously had a good look at your website and I've seen Mm. some of the toys that you sell and I have to be honest a lot of them I haven't seen selling anywhere else Um, and like you say I haven't seen them in toy shops so I'm not sure you know some of these brands I guess they are out there it's just they're not that easy to find yeah exactly so that's why I think there is is a valid market and kind of bringing all the bath toys together. And then I try and always have some kind of tips about how you could maximize them, you know, what kind of games you could play and what you can do with your child, just you know, to make it fun and interesting. And then also to help this learning side, because I can't help thinking, you know, what you can do to get your, your child thinking a little bit more and exploring and, you know, trying to discover for themselves. That's great. And so when you found these brands, was it a case of just approaching them and asking if they would be up for you selling them via your site? Exactly. And the, um, you know, the, the companies I got contact were surprisingly open to it. Um, and what really you know, excited me as well was they didn't have massive minimum orders, particularly when I said I'm just starting up. Then they'd say, you know, that, well, that's fine, just £200 worth to begin with or something, which is, is you know, doable. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of, yeah, I'm sure they're hoping it'll get bigger and bigger and that the large orders will come in. But, um, you know, nearly all of them, like there were one or two I approached that didn't work out and they do want, the, you know, significant orders. But, you know, about seven different brands or something were, were up for, for having a small order and just me giving it a try and see how it worked out. That's really good. And it shows that there's a lot of value in just asking, isn't there? Mm. Because I mean, the worst someone can say is no, really. And, exactly. and even then you haven't lost anything and I, I assume you know from their point of view it's not um stealing from any other sales they're doing elsewhere you know it's, it's not kind of the now someone's not going to go into a toy shop it's just if they specifically want bath toys here's another option for them 
So yeah, I can see why they think, well, we might as well let this person have not too many of them and see how it goes. Of course. And it all helps with brand awareness, doesn't it, for them? Yeah, exactly. And I hadn't actually realised that that was the part of your business that came later. So chronologically, I didn't realise you jumped in with designing yeah. your own, first of all. That's, that's brilliant, because I think, arguably, you probably took the, not, I don't want to say more difficult, mm. but because, um, you know, there's challenges with both approaches. But yeah, that wasn't where I, I guessed that you'd started. Yes. And actually, the very first step I took was too big a leap for me and I, I haven't seen it through. It's still kind of on the back burner of something I'd like to do at some point. But when I first started Spark Bubble, I thought, right, I'm going to design some really cool bath toys. And I, you know, designed it on paper and you know, worked. I got a, a designer online to help me and contacted manufacturers to see about making it. And I actually had samples made. And then when it came to the actually putting in an order for a thousand sets, I got nervous. And at that point, I thought, OK, I'll wait. Maybe maybe I need to build up slowly before I place that kind of order. So the very first thing was completely from scratch designing and getting nervous and thinking, well, I haven't wasted my time, but I haven't used it yet. Then the kind of middle one um, in both senses, you know, time wise and um, risk wise kind of becoming easier was um, the two toys that I've developed when I've sourced different um, products are already available and then put them together as a set with a leaflet, with the branding and sell that as a set. So those are kind of the two that I, I have have created and put on the site at the moment and then I moved on to the contacting other brands and selling through them and selling their products on my website oh so that's really interesting so with your um that's with a product that you've designed that isn't available just yet so was it literally that point of needing to place an order when you weren't that sure it just felt like too much of a jump because you know it's the capitals all my own and they needed you know a thousand sets well, see, I contacted different suppliers, but it's if so, it was using um, using foam, and it's just not worth their while creating all the molds and things unless you do a huge order. So it was tens of thousands for the minimum order, and it just made me a bit bit nervous until I had a good customer base built up. Whether I could definitely reach reach enough people with this. Yeah, I'm not surprised actually, and that's a really big first order as mm. well. I mean. Lots of supplies that I've worked with, you know, might want hundreds and that's scary enough, but a thousand yeah. is, a, is a really big number, actually. I don't know, maybe at some point you'll be able to find someone who's willing to take on smaller order because there are factories yeah. out there. But as you'll know from the experience you've had, it's just it's a long process finding someone that that you're happy with and, you know, yeah. building that relationship. It's not an overnight thing, is it? Oh, yeah. And I did contact several and had ongoing discussions with them. They all said a similar kind of thing. So I think it's just the significant setup cost. It's not worth it for a smaller run. So that. So, but yeah, it's still, it's still there as a possibility. But in the meantime, I feel more comfortable with the route of finding the interesting, interesting bath toys that aren't out there enough and doing, you know, getting those out in front of people. And also myself looking um, at how, how I can make new toys with what is already available out there, but putting them together as a set. Yeah, that's really exciting. And as you say, a lot lower risk as well. Mm. And also, I guess, a, a bit less time intensive, given that you're also working as a teacher a few days yes, a week as well. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, I have to, you know, it's, it is a, at the moment, it's still at a side hustle stage and yeah, fitted in around yeah, teaching and family life and all the other things that keep us busy. 
but it's it's really exciting. I really enjoy it and really is really rewarding watching Spark Bubble grow and having that contact with customers and hearing how much children enjoyed playing with their new toys, etc. It's really nice. And it's also, yeah, it's really, I think it must be really rewarding as well to sort of curate the products in the mm. way that you do, which is a really nice a- approach, sort of rather than, like you say, rather than creating something, I guess it's curating and then, you know, getting them in front of people I think that's actually really nice and really beneficial for you and for the brands that you stock as well yes no it's it's working well I'm I'm really enjoying it and yeah and and building up relationships with customers as well and getting an idea of what other things they're looking for too so it gives me good good tips about where to go to next now that I have people that I'm I'm in contact with Um, so and I'm really interested in the products of yours that you do have and because I think that's also a really nice option for people that may not have even considered this so you're taking is that right that you're taking existing products and sort of putting them together yeah absolutely so that one of them when my son Oscar was you know six-ish or something he he was really into science I thought oh I'll get him a bath science set and I was having a look and I, was, I just couldn't find anything like what I was looking for so that that's one of them I call it dribble lab and I've got a selection that comes with a kind of microscope with um, various measuring cylinders, a little pipette, a little funnel. So what I've done is just contacted different manufacturers and got these products. And I've got a, a kind of net that sticks onto the wall to store them in and to sell it as a set. So you can have a sort of starter science set to play with in the bath and then produce a leaflet with ideas about the kind of games that you can play with it. Well, I think that's really clever. And uh, yeah, I really like that because I haven't spoken to anyone else who's done anything like that. And I think that's really smart. And presumably, if you found another theme, you wanted to create something similar, you know, something along the same lines, you could do the same thing, source all the different components yeah. and package them together. And I think, yeah, I think that's actually a really clever way of doing it because you're not creating everything from scratch. There isn't that huge outlay. Yeah, um, I think that's a really nice idea. It's kind of, it feels like the starting point that ideally, you know, I've got kind of ideas for, for toys I'd love to produce in the future, you know, starting from scratch, but it's just such a bigger job to do that. And, you know, in every sense of, of it, you know, the, the financial outlay, the time invested, the risk factor, uh, you know, because if you're creating from scratch and you really need to kind of rigorously test every component make sure it's all really safe etc so yeah it feels like a nice kind of way to dip my toes into creating my own products and you know can see in a, you know a year or whatever if I'm feeling braver then I can return more to the original idea of creating products from scratch yeah but as you say I think that's a really nice way of doing it and mm. I, yeah I really like that approach and I think that's something for people to think about that is there as an intermediate step something you can do similarly just to get started I think creating a set is a really yeah I think that's a really nice idea oh thank you yeah I've got another one as well so there's two that I've done the dribble lab um, and then also splashy towers which is kind of three-dimensional shapes and a float so it's kind of you know it's basically playing with blocks and you can make you know castles and bridges whatever you want but it's on a float in the bath so again I've got the blocks got the float got the storage net and it all goes together in a set and that you know nothing really like it so it's yeah it's it's working well yeah that, I think that's really nice and I do hope that that you know for everyone listening that all sort of sparks some ideas maybe I think that's, <laughs> Thank you. that's really nice 
the other thing I well one other thing I'd like to talk about a bit if, if that's okay is I think I saw, it might be your Instagram I saw this Millie that you'd had um you spent some time selling your products in a pop-up shop and I was just mm. quite curious about that and how that came about and and how you found it because that's a nice way isn't it to get your products on a shelf without yeah. sort of having to do, go down the traditional wholesale route perhaps Exactly. No, and this was a real early days opportunity that I just happened to spot, really. Just the the town that um, I live in is called Horsham in West Sussex, and they've got a nice dynamic town council. And they set up, I sort of just happened to see, uh, you know, um, Horsham um, pop-up stores coming, you know, it was was last year. So um, kind of November, December and January, no, November, December 21 and January 22. And it, it was, you know, apply if you would like to sell your product. Um, and at that point, I only had the two. So I literally just had Splashy Towers and Dribble Lab. And they had various um, kind of packages you could buy. So some people had a little store within the store. And I literally took a shelf. I took the kind of smallest one. And you didn't have to be there all the time. There was a store manager. So I attended, you know, like I say, I'm teaching quite a lot, et cetera. So I'd go in on a Saturday and when I'm free on a Tuesday, I'd, I'd pop in for a few hours and then the rest of the time I was store manager. And, and it was so beneficial. I think um, the, the main benefits were when I was there, it was a lovely chance to speak to people um, and a lot of people coming up. And you know, having nice discussion about, oh, I'd love, think my grandchild would love this. Yeah, you know, they've got special needs. Or actually, I was showing them the prototype for the one I was inventing from scratch, which is all about faces and feelings. So I got some really good um, kind of customer feedback about that, and you know, just interacting with them. So that was really positive. And also um, meeting the other people selling, the other kind of local entrepreneurs, um, and still in contact now. We've got WhatsApp groups and things that other people's businesses going in different directions, but just all part of the support network and people to chat things through with. Yeah, and that's really important, isn't it? Because particularly mm. if you don't, you know, when you start up your own business and obviously you've come from a teaching background, you may not necessarily have oh, connections with other people in business. Yeah. And it's so invaluable, isn't it? Just to hear what people are doing, get ideas. Yeah, exactly. And just yeah, just people to chat things through with. And no, so that, that was another really nice benefit from it. So yeah, if, if anyone's got a similar opportunity in their area, then um, yeah, I'd definitely go for it. Or if your council's asking for ideas about how to regenerate or something, then suggest a pop-up store because, you know, the customers loved it. They come in and always interesting little starting up local brands. And um, at least two, I think, from um, the people who are there now have proper stores in Horsham. So one guy did a nice plant stall within it. And now he's got this fantastic you know, it's in a shopping centre, but it's really vibrant and lovely. His plant store um, called Hugo and Green, and, and that's totally come from the pop-up, which is great. That is great because it sounds like a really nice opportunity to sort of test out your products yeah. and see how well they sell in a store because I think there are definitely some things that sell better. I mean, I think plants is a really good example. I'm convinced that plants, I don't know this, but I'm convinced they sell better in person than mm. online because I don't know about you, but if I'm buying a plant, I want to actually smell it and see it. And yeah, the thought of buying one online seems a bit, even though I'm a big shopper online, plants is something I don't think I would. Well, he's doing really well and his store's lovely. I'd say it's definitely the highlight of the shopping centre. It's this really kind of, you know, it's really unique and you can feel his character coming out in it rather than the generic stores elsewhere in the shopping centre. That's amazing. So it sounds like that pop-up shop experience was great for him as well as a way of just testing out whether people wanted that. 
Exactly. No, it was a big success. And, and several others you know, from the group I've seen, you know, their business has taken up since then. Um, and maybe I've, I've thought of those four, I thought maybe it's people who are quite dynamic, who got involved in the pop-up store, or, or, you know, but then it also, I think it did genuinely help kind of give everyone a push in the right direction. And, you know, everyone's doing slightly different things, but they've all kind of gone up a level since the opportunity began, which is super. It, it is just good, isn't it, to get your products in front of people. And as you said, mm. to actually talk to your customers as well and find yeah. out what they think and what they're looking for. Yeah, no, it, it was really great. I really, yeah, I'm really glad I did it. And, uh, yeah, and I think another thing I've considered but I haven't really done yet is uh, a lot more of the, um, the fairs and things. You know, there's so many kind of events that are just on for weekends. But yeah, at the moment, I just feel I'm a bit too pulled in so many directions that I try to keep keep my work on Spark Bubble. So for the Mondays and Tuesdays when I'm not working is a good time. I don't really want to spend all weekend go- going to fairs and things. But that, that would yeah. be a nice option. That Yeah, that makes sense. I think as well, well, especially if you have limited time it's choosing the right ones for you as well isn't it so I don't know ones aimed at parents perhaps yeah. because I know that there are so many options out there to, to for fairs and events um and yeah it's just thinking about where where your customers will be yeah absolutely yeah so I need to be the right one so yeah maybe I'll try and do one or two this year just to kind of explore that a bit more as you said, the opportunity to just talk to customers is invaluable. And are you get are you finding that they're giving you sort of ideas of things that they would like or their children would like? Yeah, no, definitely. They you know just when they kind of ask, you know, do you have kind of bounce balls that bounce on water? And it's like, oh, do you think that'd be interesting in the bath? I know that's good in a swimming pool, but you know, so it just kind of gets you thinking about you know options and things to explore a bit more. Um, so yeah no it's 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 it definitely can you always need to speak to your customers don't you that's the most important thing there's no good just thinking in isolation about what people want you actually need to talk and see is that really what what they're thinking as well absolutely and have you had any feedback I'm just being curious but have you heard any feedback from children I guess including your own children and yeah what they I think I've, and what they like uh, when I'm deciding which products to stock um, I, my my younger son's one of one of the chief testers so he'll he'll do it and likewise my nieces and nephews and friends children and things so yeah that's it's very much and it's quite interesting to get the same toy and give it to a few children of different ages and see see what they think and how they play with them it's the same items can be played with very differently uh, at different stages um which is you know something I look for the ideal toy you don't want it to be the child's bored of it in six months you want it to be able to be kept for kind of four years and it grows with the child almost yeah I found that really interesting on your website actually that a lot of the toys did have these big age spans yeah. um yeah I found I thought that was really interesting because you're right um so many toys our children want sort of you know they can be a bit of a fad or they only last for a very short period of time but I think as parents we're always just looking for those toys that are going to have a a longer life and aren't going to be just unloved in three months or whatever it is yeah and from a sustainability point of view as well you don't just fill the world with plastic you know you want you want it to be as a special toy that a child enjoys many years and then gives to their cousin and you know it kind of keeps keeps being useful for a long time yeah, absolutely. And um, is that some of the criteria you have? So coming back to the products you source, is that one of the criteria? You, or do, what, what actually, I'll ask a more open question. What criteria yeah. do you have for the toys that you stock on your website? Yeah, that is definitely one. Um, yeah, being kind of open-ended and enjoyable night after night. There's, I, I, I find toys, you know, a squirter or something like, how often can you squirt? That's just, I don't, 
think that's fun day after day after day, um, whereas one that gets you thinking and creating is is completely it. So yeah, the criteria. I'm trying to think. I think at some point I did write a list, but over time it's more just become a kind of feeling about you know is th- is this going to work or not? But we'll see. It needs to be. Um, I, I, I hate it when mold goes inside toys. So, you know, just the kind of practical health and safety things that you know, I don't, I don't want one that could go yucky in the bathroom. So that's a kind of complete essential. And yeah, it has to be interesting time and time again. Uh, one of our kind of values is being good for the environment. So I kind of look for brands that are as good as they can be. So I don't have an absolute no plastic rule or anything because that would just be too difficult at the moment. But I'm, I'm looking for brands that do do what they can in the, in the choices they make, in the packaging, in the, you know, re- whether the items are recyclable, um, et cetera. And yeah, I think those are, those are some, and just a bit different and interesting. I don't want to sell the things I've seen before. I want them to be something a bit challenging. Um, that help children think and learn whilst they play with them. That's brilliant. Thank you. And thank you so much for everything that you've shared, Millie. Um, Oh, no, it's great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. I'm keeping an eye on the time. Do we have time, do you think, for one final question? Would that be all right? That would be great. So what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators? I think... I think all the business people, I think my experience is just to give things a go. And, you know, like I've kind of various things I've explained to you. Um, I've sort of tried to find a not too expensive way to go. I don't suddenly find that instead of generating money, I'm losing money. So it's kind of finding those little steps just to try things, um, look for opportunities. And, and and it's only by trying that you can learn. And if you give some something not too big a shot and it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. You know, like I made samples for uh, the very first product I made, which they haven't really gone anywhere but I didn't spend a fortune so that can just go in my kind of learning experience pot and you know maybe at some point I'll use them but I'm so glad to have given this whole venture a go rather than just have had a kind of oh I wonder if I should have started a business just try it and see oh that's brilliant advice and a really nice outlook as well so thank (laughs) you for sharing that Millie not at all no it's been great to speak to you thank you very much for getting in touch and yeah hope you and and all your listeners do well in the future all their endeavors oh thank you so much Millie brilliant (laughs) thank you Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.